Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, this is Nicole calling from Hamilton, and I needed to let everyone know that I really proudly support Vish and Creative Control. I have for many years, I will for many more, as long as he keeps delivering these amazing interview podcasts. When you hear one of Vish's interviews, you think he's known this guest for years, they're good friends, Uh, but the truth is he approaches every interview, whether it's sort of up-and-coming indie artists or established icons or like famous intimidating comedians with Uh, a really deep, genuine curiosity, so he's never met this person, and the same really warm uh, candor, as though he's known them forever. I think it really lends to a great chat, no matter who he's talking to, and for that reason, I think you should throw Vish, like what, a dollar a month? He's got jokes. The jokes make it worth it. Support Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. I'm Visha's wife, and remember, when you name a dog Janet or Timothy, you are dragging humanity down just a little bit. Raul Refri are acclaimed musicians who live in New York City and Barcelona, respectively. A founding member of Sonic Youth, Ronaldo encountered Refri in Spain and worked with the acclaimed producer on a 2017 solo band record called Electric Trim. The pair have collaborated even more closely on their new duo record, Names of North End Women, which is out now via Mute Records. I recently connected with Lee and Raul while each were at their respective homes and grappling with the recent restrictions imposed 
upon all of us to try and quell the COVID-19 pandemic, which we're all obviously living through at the moment. And we went on to discuss their new records exploration of sampling and other different textures, their decision to use more spoken word style singing, how Winnipeg, Manitoba plays a role on names of North End women, what Lee made of recent solo albums by Kim Gordon and Thurston Moore, Sonic Youth plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One network with the support of listeners like you, who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 533rd episode of Creative Control, featuring the adventurous Lee Ronaldo and Raul Refri, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Uh, hello, Raul. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome. It's nice to have you on the line. Where, where in the world are you right now? I'm in Barcelona right now. I just came back from Lisbon before they close borders. It seems they are going to close borders in in some hours. Oh my goodness! Yes, well, yes, yeah. Um, how are you? Yes. How are you? This is a maybe. We're all going through this, you know. How are you doing? You're probably getting these uh, kinds of questions from people uh, from uh, abroad, but uh, you know, I I haven't talked to too many people since things really went particularly haywire. I suppose. How are you doing, Raúl? Well, the situation here it's it's difficult right now. Like, there's many people infected every day. Hospitals are are completely full they they i i don't think they can have more people and it seems that the the worst moment it's coming it's 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 gonna come in the next 10 days so here the situation is pretty pretty awful are people actually adhering to the self-isolation protocols or are you hearing are you staying inside mostly how's that working yes i'm i'm home for the whole day i only go downstairs to buy some food if needed hmm. but i try to buy for the next days and i stay here i stay home for four or five days if i can and people are they, they want us to stay home because it's the only way to control what's happening uh but at the, and there's some policemen and the army even the army on streets and they are controlling people to not walk on streets if they don't need to Okay. Well, I've been hearing about this uh, occurring in Italy and France uh, and and Spain. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're in that situation. I'm I'm calling you from Canada, and uh, there are similar protocols here, but nothing as severe as that. Quite. I, I'm anticipating it coming, uh, but uh, thus far we are relatively free. Um, so. Uh, I hope. I hope you you in Canada and and in the states you're gonna. Do it better. You're gonna control it better than we have done because because I think here government and and the people that were in control of the situation they they waited too long to take some measures against the 
the spread of the virus. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I appreciate that. And speaking of uh, uh, countries that are doing a great job, let's check in with our American friend. Lee, are you there? <laughs> I am. I'm here. Nice to speak to you again. Nice to speak with you, Lee. It's uh, been a, a little while. Um, similar questions. How are you holding up there? Well, it, it's definitely very weird. I actually am, uh, you know, Raul and I talk all the time, but I didn't realize it was that serious in Spain that the hospitals are full. They keep talking about the hospitals here, you know, need, us needing to prevent them from overflowing by, by isolating. And we're, we're trying to do that as much as possible. And yet, on the same hand, uh, we have a uh, our younger son is studying at Cornell University, about four hours drive from here, and we had to go pick him up in the last couple of days. So uh, two days ago, we got in the car and took a four-hour drive to upstate New York and, you know, stopped in gas stations, and we brought our own food. But it was still very strange to be out and about among people at this time when everybody needs to isolate. And w yesterday we drove back home, you know, same thing. And now there's three of us here in the house trying to figure out how to stay isolated. Raul and I talked earlier. We're both cyclists and we talk a lot about cycling and, and being on the bicycle. And I took a ride earlier today with a friend of mine that I ride with here a lot. And, you know, I figured taking a bike ride we're not stopping anywhere we're staying you know at least a meter or more from each other just just riding out in the fresh air didn't seem like too good a, too bad an idea but raul tells me in spain even cycling is is forbidden so yeah uh, it's hard to know oh, it's hard to know what's happening well it's forbidden because not because you can get the virus like if you if you are on a bicycle it's more that if you fall uh, and you break your leg or something, hospitals right now are not, they don't want more people. Oh, I see. For, I see. That for makes other sense. reasons. That's, yeah. a, that's a really great point. I mean, most of what the self-isolation about is, it is about sp not spreading the disease, but it's also mostly about uh, not overtaxing our, our various medical systems. So that's yeah. why we're being asked to, that's among the main, main reasons we're being asked to stay uh, inside and, and keep ourselves not only healthy, but safe. So, uh, thanks for pointing that out, Raul. Um, Lee, I was thinking... You know, it's one of these things that right now, you know, people are struggling with it, but people are trying hard, I think, a lot of people to, to stay isolated. People I talk to all over the country and all over the world, for that matter, are saying the same thing, like, yeah, we're just staying at home. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, it's kind of unbelievable that it's this global phenomenon, but I worry once the weather really starts to get nice, how hard it's going to be to keep people inside. Yeah, th that's, and, a, that's a valid point as well. Raul, you were going to say something? No, I was going to say that the, the other day, like four days ago, uh, coming from Lisbon, I, I quit something that I had to to finish in, in a studio in Lisbon before finishing because the situation was getting uh, very serious here. And at the airport, it was like a science fiction movie. I mean, I would, I could have never imagined what, what I saw, like, like almost everybody with the masks and with gloves. Like it, it was like a, like a horrible science fiction yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. We're living yeah. in this weird dystopian time, it feels like, and it isn't even as bad as it's going to get, as you pointed out, Raul. And, uh, you know, the prognosis that we've been hearing here in Canada, and I think it's being reported in America, too, like we're not going to see the other end of this until July or August at this point. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I have to say, Lee, I, I was thinking of you. Uh, during some of this, because as I recall, you guys in Sonic Youth kind of endured this surreal 
kind of global situation after, I mean, all of us did after 9-11, but you were in the heart of Manhattan. Yeah, uh, when, yeah we've, when, we've been finding some parallels there. I wondered about that. You lived near the, the site, didn't you? I do. I still live a very, you know, a stone's throw away. I'm in the most interior uh, red zone, as they called it, within blocks of the World Trade Center site. Right. So you you say it's eerily similar. Do you, what are can you articulate that? What are some of the parallels between that stillness and this one? Well, you know, this one is more. I have to say, this one is more profound in a certain way because it's it's beyond politics. And it's a global situation right now where where the entire world really has to work together on this in a way that they've never been asked about anything really before. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's going to fall apart and be, be like, you know, the Black Plague of the Middle Ages or something like that. I mean, I don't think it's inconceivable. And so it's it's. It's it's an apolitical issue as as opposed to that being a very political issue. But, you know, the the sort of awestruck nature of the community back then is what I feel right now. Like yeah. when you walk on the streets, if you see someone else out on the street and this is New York, there's some people out on the street. You wonder, like, well, what are you doing out on the street? What am I doing? out? You know. I, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's very strange right now. Yeah, I I can I, I hear you there, Lee. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Lee, but my family and I just moved uh, in the new year to Edmonton, Alberta. Actually, oh, yeah. Are you in Edmonton now? I'm in Edmonton. I'm in Edmontonian. I'm not too far from Winnipeg, where you have some okay. some roots, and we'll we'll get into that. Uh, yes. As we talk about this record, but yeah, we went for a, we took we you know we've all been isolated, and we went for a walk, and I found myself. And I found other like when we we mostly encountered dog walkers and just people taking a walk. The friendliness uh, is still there. I'm I'm yes. waiting for the paranoia and the hostility to start. People are going stir crazy and they're suspicious of people. But I have to say, like the warmth with which the few people we saw was like, hey, a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, I, I'm hoping you know, that continues. Point, I don't know how well our government is doing compared to you know he said. Spanish government was slow to start. And I think every government has been slow to start. I mean, Chinese were the first that were slow to start in this, it seems. But uh, I don't know if Trump is actually trying to rally in a good way or not. But I think it's certain here that everyone has the picture of what's going on, you know, flatten the curve, as they say, you know, it's don't get sick and be another person taxing the hospital system and all that stuff. It's very intense. And, you know, you're, you live in Edmonton. I guess Edmonton is a big city yeah. in Canada. Yeah. But it's, I, I'm thinking of the fact that, like, even people in small towns where, you know, they might, uh, you know, might look, look askance at all this worry. But everyone everywhere is, is, is isolating, it seems. Well, as of um, today, there are 129 cases uh, in uh, confirmed cases in Edmonton. So and that by, okay. the t by the time people hear this, that number will have ballooned, I'm sure. Right. So um, I'm right. just reading everything I can. And I'm unfortunately the gloomy Gus spreading the information that I'm reading yeah. to the people yeah. I'm living with. And it's uh, well, it's, it's important to have that information. It's, uh, you know, confirmed cases is a is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, you that's know? right. Uh, when we were driving yesterday, just north of New York City, we encountered what looked like almost a military operation. They were setting up a huge city of tents, like big white tents in this gigantic uh, empty space. And we were not sure, sure if it was National Guard or what was going on. But as we came back yesterday, we, we saw that it's it's testing centers. It's drive through testing centers yeah. to to uh, to. And once 
people start driving through, they're going to confirm a lot more cases probably. Once, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the news updates. Thank you, guys. I, I do really. I mean, what are we going to do? We're all isolated. Uh, I imagine more people are having these kind of remote conversations. I, I'm very happy that we're able to connect uh, Barcelona. Oh, Lee, I didn't ask you where you were. Are you in New York? I am. I'm in New York City. Right. Um, so we've, yeah, we've, I'm, we've, I'm here. We've connected Edmonton, New York, and Barcelona. I imagine we're not the only ones trying to connect with people around the world. So uh, yeah. it's nice to have you all here. Lee, you, you know, I, I keep thinking a couple things before we leave this issue. Uh, the first being that somehow part of me can't help but think that, you know, this is the kind of thing. We, this is this is the first of, of these kind of situations. And in a way, this could be a dress rehearsal for something far more serious on a global level. I think in a way, the wars we fight in the in the coming centuries are going to be as much you know, wars of, of these kind of things, plagues and viruses as yeah. they are nationalistic type wars. Yeah. And, and I hope, and I hope we learn, we learn something. We will learn something from this situation because uh, there's some things that are clear to me, like the individuality, like the, the, um, the, the way of politics is, are, are working nowadays, like how they are thinking our countries to be, like avoiding public healthcare and things like this. It's not working. Yeah. We, we should think more about community, not so much in, in every person as well, a singularity. It, it's very true. But beyond that, what I'm thinking at this point is the reason this crisis got out of hand is because of nations. And if there was some, there needs to be at this point some sort of global uh, authority for situations like this that are saying like this is the best thing for everyone on the planet to do it doesn't matter what your nation says or what your political gain or, or loss from this whole thing is I mean like the World Health Organization is talking truth but they're they're not a body with any authority but it almost seems like this is the biggest argument yet for for you know throwing nations on the on the pile of last century's idea and, and establishing something more global for issues like this. Well, I mean, and you're speaking from a, a country that is very hell-bent on isolationism. And, yes. And, and, you know, you know, at getting, the moment. Getting at a, the that's moment. right. And, and I don't, I don't mm -hmm. mean to accuse you of this, by the way, Lee, no, or, no, sure. or, or your citizens. I, I know that many of my friends down there are frustrated. But, I mean, yes, it, it, it's the perfect storm of political rhetoric gone wrong and an actual global issue and so you have a guy saying we got to get out of nato we got to get out of trade deals yep. uh, screw yep. the screw the united nations screw the world health organization like we're we can do this on our own sure yep. enough what you're saying is absolutely true it's being proven every day we can't yep. you, you can't just go rogue and uh, no yeah. and in a way it's 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 the 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 nail and uh, hopefully the nail in trump's coffin because he was He's having to backtrack on everything right now to try and work in a more global fashion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Lee mentioned that uh, his son is going to Cornell University. And Raul, the last time Lee and I spent a considerable amount of time together, we were actually at the University of Toronto, uh, where I believe his son was. One, was it the same son, Lee? Yeah, my, no, my other son goes to the U of T still. Yes, there you go. He's, he's in Toronto now. So we get updates from Toronto as well. How's he doing? He's doing okay. You know, school's been suspended. Everybody's working from yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everybody on the planet is working from home. You know, the, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll bring up about this whole issue is the thing I find kind of interesting about it is it's a planetary enforced pause. Yeah. It's like whatever everyone was doing is stopped. And 
it's it's a it's an interesting moment for reassessment i think you know i mean i really think it's 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 a, an incredible moment and if you're you know maybe it's not that way yet but now canada's talking about closing the border to the us and we're wondering about whether our son stays in his apartment in toronto or comes home but if they close the borders it will be wherever you are at that moment in time yeah, that's, that's where right. you are you know it's 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 a really interesting uh, situation yeah i was reading this morning uh that this pause that we are living all together it's giving nature another pause i mean uh there's uh it seems that yesterday they they took some photographs of dolphins swimming on on the channels of venice in the water in venice really? yeah yeah it it didn't happen for a long time so wow. i guess nature needed something like this it's also, humans that were yeah. changing the planet and and yeah. we need to we need to think twice now before going back to work which it would happen i guess some months from now it's so funny yeah. you say this raul I, i read those stories too about how you could actually see the water in in venice clearly like see through it swans were returning the sky was clear When China went into lockdown, their nitrous oxide emissions went down so significantly that I was carbon, di carbon monoxide. Yeah, and and what I read today was that the nit I don't oh yeah nitrous oxide is laughing nitrous? that's laughing gas, isn't it? Yeah, I shared a tweet about it. I just closed everything, but I I had a tweet about it, and it said that uh, these these emissions in yeah. China went down so significantly. Uh, during the lockdown that it was, you know, it should have given us pause. However, the emissions are climbing now that China has sort of softened its self-isolation oh, policies sure. and they're, they're starting sure. to climb back up. It's like we didn't yeah. learn anything. Right. So no, I yeah. think it's, they're reporting this globally as well. Like there's fewer airplanes flying, fewer people driving cars. Yeah. There's a moment where the air is a little bit cleaner. And that's going to save... I posted a study about this somewhere also like it, it has been proven that we might save more lives by cutting our pollution uh, than we will in in halting this pandemic so that yeah. that is I, i also appreciate lee that you've said twice now this is the last point i'm going to bring up about this because yeah. i, think, I <laughs> yeah. don't think it's possible we're going to keep talking about it it's going to come yeah. up and and maybe it figures into this record in a way I did want to say, uh, Raul, that why the reason I brought up U of T is because that's kind of when I heard your name uh, from Lee for the first time. Uh, you guys worked on a record together. Uh, what was it in Electric 2017? Trim. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Electric yeah. Trim. Yeah. And a beautiful record, by the way. I, I really enjoyed that one. And um, I thought I would use this as a segue to ask you, Raul, about this relationship with Lee. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you two met and, and where this uh, working relationship started? Yes, uh, I, it was before Electric Trim. It was uh, during a tour in 2013, I guess, or 14. Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly the year, but Lee, he was on tour with his band, with, with The Dust, and he had a festival in Morocco, and it was canceled. So he had some days in Europe, and he asked the people from Primavera Festival, Primavera Sound Festival, for... Uh, because he wanted to to take advantage of the time and, and record something in acoustic, like the whole band playing acoustic, not not electric. So he asked for a producer or someone to help with the recording, and Primavera Festival recommended uh, my name. So we met there in the recording, and it was we were slowly meeting the other and and working well together. And the last day, uh, we talked about okay, why don't we try to work a little bit farther in the next on the next album and by the time 
I had some concerts in New York and, and I told Lee, Hey, I'm going to be in New York. Why don't we try? So, so we, we started to work on electric trim almost without knowing that we were working. We, we just got in the studio and, and, and threw some ideas there. And it was really interesting. We both felt that we were working together very well. Lee, Lee, you encounter many people in your, in, you know, just going through life, going on tour, uh, in your practice. What was it about Raul that made you think, huh? I might have a new partner here. Well, you can never tell when when a working relationship is is one that's going to last for a long time, as as you know, as evidenced by Sonic Youth's relationship together, or you know, is more fleeting. But it was pretty clear as soon as you know we really enjoyed making uh, the acoustic dust record together, and as soon as we started on electric trim, it was pretty clear that we we shared a lot of enthusiasms for like the the kind of creative time you can have in a recording studio and and different uh, approaches to, you know, song form and melody. And it just kind of took off, you know, in a, in a natural way that we wanted to keep working together. And if if we saw Electric Trim as a, a step away, a step somewhere different than the records I was making before, you know, in this certain restricted format, two guitars, bass and drums, same format that Sonic Youth used for so many years, Electric Trim kind of cast the songs in a different in instrumentation and a different uh, approach to arrangement and it just it's just kind of ongoing you know with this record when we started this record we wanted to just move even further and we felt uh in a way freer to move a further afield you know to something yeah. that maybe is not even rock at all that has got a lot of other uh, sorts of things uh, on its uh, influences so so lee if you were to kind of characterize the sound and approach to this new record, Names of North End Women, how would you do so? Well, at first I was calling it electronic folk because it's kind of, a, in a way, still to me a mix of those two genres. But we, we were putting these high-tech digital machines up against uh, old analog hissy cassette tapes and recording stuff ourselves. And we were, in a sense, making you know, sound pieces, songs, whatever you want to call them, in the same way that we made Electric Trim. We were just, our, our focus was on different ideas, different instruments, and different uh, strategies of, of song making. I don't know, electronic folks still, you know, there's still like, there's a little bit of acoustic guitar here and there, and and there's an electronic, me it's it's a meeting in a way, of a do, bunch of different influences. Does the, the folk signifier reflect even your attack as a vocalist here? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. I wondered about it. It is a more poetic approach, almost spoken word in, in, at times, and I, I wondered where that was coming from and why you felt like that. Kind, not always, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing a little bit, but would you agree? It's, it seems to be more steeped in that mode. Yeah. Raul, do you want to answer this? Uh, about the spoken word? Well, I, uh, what, it's something that I think we both felt that it had to be one of the main elements on the record. Yeah, uh, we we did uh, a song uh, on electric trim that was called uh, Moroccan Mountains that we played it a lot during mm -hmm. the the next tour, the tour we did uh, after it, the record was released, and uh, that song started 
or starts with a spoken word section. And it, every time that I was playing it live, I was thinking, this is so good. Lee, <laughs> Lee's making spoken word. He's, he had, he's doing spoken word so good that we have to do it again on the next album. If we are going to work together, we were thinking about working together again. So I remember one day, I think it was in, in, Amsterdam or somewhere or maybe Belgium that we were having a beer together and and I, I mentioned that to Lee I mentioned that I I really wanted to work on spoken words on the next on the next album and that was something that we started with we started yeah. on I was I was thinking more than electronics what what we've done on this record it's it's sampling we've, yeah, we've yeah. sampled with with tapes and with cassettes and with uh, sampling uh, digital sampling machines but we were sampling ourselves or old cassettes or old tapes and working with those samples we were not using almost not using electronics in the way like i don't know um having drum machines kick. yeah exactly exactly well, Raul, I want to ask you more about the kind of soundscape nature of the record in, in a moment, but you said a few things there that I want to follow up on because, uh, as Lee might remember from our last interview, I'm a little bit obsessed with his Sonic Youth song, Skip Tracer. And uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and so, uh, Raul, I don't know if you are familiar with that song or not, but it, is, it has a similar kind of... It's to the point where people are like, Vish, stop talking about Skip Tracer. Why are you so obsessed with this particular song but it <laughs> there's something it has a spoken word element that's right it has a spoken word element to it and and singing and when yeah. the singing comes in it, it has a very there's a very dramatic sort of lift off when the singing yes. kind of is juxtaposed with the poetry or the spoken word if you will so i guess raul I, what i'm getting at here is lee is someone with a, a vast body of work a very well established figure you come into his life and say, you know what, Lee, let's change stuff up. I'm curious about your uh, <laughs> your approach to that. When you have someone who, for a lot of us, is this iconic artist, how difficult is it for you to suggest to someone like Lee Ronaldo, let's change gears, let's challenge ourselves. You've, you've been doing something very well for a long time. I have some ideas. Does that give you pause at all as a producer and as a collaborator? Uh, I understand the question, and... I've worked with uh, some people uh, from other generations, like older generations than me, that I admired before working with them. Lee is one one of them, and I, I made myself this, the same question because uh, once I'm working, once I, once we are together with Lee, I think I, I lose every um, I don't know every weight from the past. I, yeah. I only think of what we can do at, at that precise moment. And when I think about it, I want the, the music to be the best possible. I don't, I don't really think about, obviously I think of where are we going to be comfortable, but, but I want the music to be the best possible. So I ask Lee to, to work together on something that we both like and we think that it's interesting. I don't care what we have done before. We we have to focus on what we can do next. Okay, yep. that, that's a fair response, and I appreciate. I wasn't suggesting you might be starstruck, by the way, because in my experience, Lee is among the most unassuming uh, people I like, people I admire that I've been able to meet with or speak with. I always enjoy speaking with Lee; it feels very natural. Lee, I don't know if you can hear me right now, but you're a good man. That's all I'm getting at. <laughs> well, you know what I was going to say is Raúl kind of has a. Um, a history of working in this way with, with, you know, of pushing people maybe a little bit outside their comfort zones or of just um, suggesting a different approach than they've taken in the past. And, and uh, so anyway, I think it was no different here. And, 
And I think it just happened that, uh, you know, I was completely receptive to it. It's not like, like, you know, if I had come into Electric Trim with a really predefined set of songs where everything was already put in place, we might have made a totally different record. But because I came in with, like, basically just some ideas and they were very open to uh, crea- creation, we, we just we just took them and ran with them in, in a new way. And it was it was the perfect way to do that. And the same thing with this record. I came in with a whole bunch of demos, but... Uh, we we just started grappling with the studio and and these these new tools we had brought to us. It was so it was you know the adventure was just something we both climbed aboard on. I think. Yeah, you you mentioned that when we talked about electric trim that the studio became an instrument in itself. And, yeah. Uh, and I assume that's spearheaded a lot by uh, Raúl. Um, in my understanding and from what I can tell, there's not a lot of guitar on this uh, record, which is interesting given that Lee is known as a guitar player Raul this is just was this just part of the challenge of saying let's just abandon what we know and mostly put the guitars away is that was that what you're thinking there uh, I don't think we had any preconceived ideas of how the record no. should be uh, I know that we that we wanted to have like spoken word and that we wanted to try to find new new spaces uh, but we were not avoiding guitars and we were not skipping guitars in fact the record started on a guitar loop that Lee played and, and I sampled and then we started to work around it. So, so, but, but we were, as I, as we said before, and we, we talked a lot with Lee about it after finishing the record, we were playing with everything that we had in front of us, like, like a cassette recorder or a marimba or a vibraphone. Every single instrument was good if, if it worked on the song. So we were, we didn't want to, to think about the record as a, as a like a pop record or rock a rock record let's say that that where like the first song has guitar bass drums and the last song has it and you you hear guitar all the time we just wanted to use the elements that were needed on the song and that's how we approached every single song in this record now i I understand tape recorders and tape players uh cassette cassette players are are part of this this sort of uh, sonic landscape, I suppose. Uh, yes. Lee, can you elaborate upon that? What does that mean exactly for us listening to this record? Sure. Just to, to follow up on the last things we've been talking about, um, one thing we knew when we started the record was that we wanted to focus on the vocals. And in a way, it's something that has bonded me and Raul since that first session for Acoustic Dust. I think during the days when I was doing the finished vocals, we really bonded over over the, the vocal aspect of it. And we worked on that on Electric Trim. And we knew a couple things going into this record. And they weren't about instrumentation, like whether we wanted more or less guitar. In a way, we treated the guitar just like every other instrument in terms of, all right, what's called for here in this song? You yeah, know, yeah. It could be guitar, it could be something else. The songs weren't begun on guitar, so they don't didn't need guitar all the way through. But we knew... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We wanted to have this record be more open and atmospheric, and we knew we wanted to really focus on the vocals. So we spent a lot of times auditioning vocal ideas, different melodies. I would sing a melody, Raul would sing a melody, we'd go back and forth. Finally, I'd grab a, a line that made sense and we'd start building. Uh, and, you know, so we tried a lot of things in spoken word and, and different kinds of uh, singing styles. And that's definitely a main thrust of this record. Okay. And in terms of the cassette recorders, you know, the first few songs we built off these kind of very shiny modern digital machines, these samplers. And, and we started recording some things. And then as we got a bunch of songs in, we pulled out this old cassette recorder. It's a very special uh, breed of cassette recorder. It's not your standard issue com consumer product. It's, it was actually made by the Library of Congress for blind people to listen to books on tape. Oh. And for some reason, it can be, you can speed up and slow down the, the pitch of the, and the speed of the music or, the, or whatever you're listening to. You can play the front side of the tape or you can play the back side backwards. So it, it's, it's really like a sound manipulation tool. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff with cassettes, slow them down, like, like slowing down a, a phonograph record or making them real, real fast or playing them backwards and forwards. And I pulled it out. It's something I had used had used many years ago in performance. And uh, we just started fooling around with it. And, you know, the couple of days before, we were recording a lot of percussion things. We were recording marimbas and vibraphones and these gamelan instruments that Sonic Youth had brought back from Indonesia in the 90s when we played there. Mm -hmm. And some of these cassettes had gamelan music on them from like, you know, just like commercial cassettes we picked up, uh, you know, on the road somewhere. And so we started playing them back on the cassette recorder and and then, you know, recording bits and pieces, manipulating the speed and the, the forwards backwards aspect and and then cutting those up like any other sound element with these digital tools. And and it was a nice blending together of this old fashioned sounding stuff. I mean, you're really you know, it's it's there's certain aspects of the sound of tape when you hear it and when you hear that whirring or that speeding up or slowing down, like these things that are so easy to do with analog elements that are kind of in a way more difficult to do in the same way with digital. And we really like the way they work together. So two or three of the songs are built uh, with aspects of these these tape tracks as part of it. Yeah, I was gonna. I was just thinking as you were speaking there, Lee, that if if any sort of guitarist was going to transition into more uh, studio experimentation or effects laden work, it, it might be a guitarist in Sonic Youth. On some level, this is not really foreign territory for you. No, I'm not. I've always been super enthusiastic about working in the recording studio. You know, Sonic Youth was very creative in the recording studio, but we always came to recording sessions with a group of songs we'd created. So we spent time in isolation creating the songs and then working in the studio. So we were creative to some degree about recording them, but mostly we were using the recording studio as a tool to record songs we'd written. And, you know, I was always fascinated with the way uh, albums from the 60s in particular were described, like Sgt. Pepper or Pet Sounds or Dark Side of the Moon, where they were really doing stuff in the studio that you couldn't just create in rehearsal in a way, you know? And 
somehow with, with Raul, we just found the same moment in time where we were both interested in working that way in the studio, you know, seeing what, what the potential could be in, in our current age, you know? Yeah. And in a way, we're drawing on modern music as well. Some of the most creative sounds being cr- made these days is in, like, pop music, you know? Some of the, some of the stuff that you hear uh, on the airwaves is... is is production wise really astounding and so we're 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 not limiting what we're drawing on to any particular genre so lee it's fair to say you never hate you don't hate guitars you never hated guitars you like guitars i love guitars we both do we're both guitarists (laughs) at heart you know raul raul do you ever ever get sick of guitars raul i I get sick of myself but not (laughs) not not of guitars (laughs) you know any instrument you know we were i was talking about the fact that mostly when you put on like a modern record like a rock record anyway the guitar starts at the beginning of the first song and does not stop until the end of the last song yeah and you know, in in this case, there is actually quite a bit of guitar on this record, but it's used in in like uh, judiciously in a way. It's used where it's needed. It's like a texture, and, and maybe in another place, a vibraphone is needed or right. something else. You know, it's it's not an uh, it's not at all an anti-guitar statement or anything like that. Yeah, no, yeah. there's not a priority for guitars. Like I mean, guitar is not more important than. The vibraphone, right? It's at the same level. Everything it's at the same level, except like Lee was saying, the the vocal, the, the voice is like one step further because we really wanted to focus on vocals on this record. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like it, it was a little bit happenstance. That maybe we're I'm overblowing the whole guitar, no guitar uh, aspect. It sounds like Raúl, you're saying that's just kind of the way it, it all shook down. Yeah. We, Yes, we didn't think much about about if there there was guitar or no guitar. I mean, we have a friend. We both have a friend, uh, the the one that Lee bike with him today. That he he was saying, "There's no guitar on the almost no guitar on the record." Maybe fans would be a little bit upset about this situation. But we Lee and me, we both thought that it was like like how it should be. I mean, the record was yeah. what it had to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. It yeah. was exciting. You know, we're not throwing out, we're not burning our guitars or anything. We had no um, mandate or, you know, manifesto that said we're making a record without guitars. It, they just weren't needed. So that's that's fine. You know, we were. It, it's not really a it, it's something a lot of people have been talking about in a way. But it's, you know, it's just uh it's not really an issue on any level. Okay. I noticed Raul and Lee, you've both uh, refused to name this uh, fellow cyclist. Is, are they in the CIA or something? Are you protecting their identity? <laughs> <laughs> Who is no, it? No, it's a friend of ours named Fred, Fred Rydell. He, he, um, he actually made, I don't know if you ever saw it, there was a movie made about the creation of electric trim, and uh, he made that oh, movie. Yeah. So he, he has some sort of a in, intimate uh, inside uh, you know, access to uh, to the two of us. Well, I just wanted him to have some credit, not only for cycling in the winter yeah. time, but for now making this film about electric trim. That's great. Yeah, uh, Raúl, I want your perspective on this, and you can talk about this perhaps in your response to how the lyrics uh, and the you know all of the words came to be on this record. I have some sense of that from the liner notes, but um, if you can talk a little bit about that, if you can, uh, from your perspective, and also. The title, Names of North End Women. Raul, what is your take on that title? <laughs> well, the, the title is something that Lee came with it, and we had a lot of discussions about about if it was the, the right title for the record. At the end, we decided that yes. And the point where we both agreed 
on the title was like the, the it Lee took the took the title from like a section of Winnipeg where Leah Lee's wife is she's from there, and it seems that there's a section of Winnipeg where there's a, like a, some streets named under names of women, and this section of Winnipeg it's it's not a rich section. It was like a section with many social problems during the years, and we both like the idea of of having. Streets under their names of women, not famous women, not not women with surnames, not women who were politicians. Only women's like women that could be anyone, and and especially women because they've been oppressed uh, under men for centuries. And this this idea of like a name that could be anyone, and especially like name of a woman, we both thought that it was very interesting. Okay, I appreciate that rule. Uh, Lee, can you expand upon <laughs> on this? In any way, or yeah, sure. You know, we were driving in the North End one day, and all the streets were just like women's names: Ellen Street, Harriet, Greta, you know, whatever. And I don't know. There was just something about it that struck me because it wasn't, as Raúl said, it, it wasn't specific people. Like it wasn't this famous person or that. It was just first names of women. And I went back a few days later. This was in December, so there was snow all over the place, and I kind of parked my car and just walked the streets, and, and I was just kind of writing down a list of, of the names of the streets, Lydia Street, you know, Kate Street, whatever, and there was just something poetic about it. I really liked the idea of it, uh, and it felt like, in a way, it felt like those streets were celebrating women in the universal rather than in the specific, you know. I mean, it's either yeah. the universal or the anonymous. You're not really sure which, and I thought it was an interesting uh aspect to the record we were working on to have it have this kind of feminine side of it and and i wanted to use the idea of many different names in the lyrics i i thought it was an interesting um uh way to tackle the lyrics on this record just to have a, a sort of a very broad framework to hang things on like let's put lots of names in in the lyrics and you know again as with electric trim our friend uh, jonathan Leatham, the american author is co-contributor to some of the lyrics on this record yeah and you know, so I mentioned it to him early on, and I, you know, I, I just thought when after I wrote this list of all the names, I wrote at the top names of North End women, and then the more I thought about it, the more I thought like, well, that's a cool name for the record if if we actually do this, you know, with mm. the lyrics, mm. and I just liked the idea of walking down those streets. It was like the way people drift in and out of your life. In a sense, I was wandering these streets. You pass a street with somebody's name, maybe you know know somebody with that name, and then you you know then you move on, and there's another street. And, I don't know. It just it just played with a lot of different poetic aspects. And later, yeah, we got to talking about the social and social justice aspects of the name and the place, and it just spawned a lot of uh, interesting discussions. Well, it's an enigmatic uh, title, and that particular song, the title track, is is really uh, astounding, if I might say. So, oh, thanks. Yeah, thank it, you. It really haunts. You know, there's me. another there's another touchstone to Winnipeg on this record. The last song on the record is called "At the Forks," hmm. and the Forks is the place in Winnipeg where the the uh, the Assiniboine and the Red River, I mm-hmm. think it is, where mm-hmm. the two big rivers come together, and where, for instance, we would go and skate in the winter time, or 
picnic in the summer or whatever. So uh, the lyrics to that song also have this weird reference to Winnipeg. Yeah, no, it's uh, as always with Lee Ronaldo records of late, CanCon. There's Canadian content. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice. Uh, Raul, do you have a sense yet of what's next for you and Lee? Have you had a? T- I know you were going to do some touring, and I imagine that's not going to be happening for a long time. But do you have uh, collaborative plans at this point, or are you just uh, trying to wait this whole pandemic out? Oh, well, that's it's getting difficult. We we were talking well first about the tour that was happening now in April, and it's obviously it's cancelled. And we are thinking about how to reschedule all the dates for probably after after the summer. Let's see what happens. And with all this pandemic situation, I don't know where I'm going to be able to to fly to New York or or the opposite for Lee to fly to Barcelona. And the other day, uh, people from the label, from Mute, they were asking us to, I don't know, to post some videos uh, of us like talking about records, about music. And I thought or we thought that, that it could be interesting maybe to send music uh, from like back and forth from one to yeah. the other, and maybe yeah. I, I can I can compose something here, send it to Lee in New York, and Lee can can I don't know add something or some vocals or whatever. And I think that will be the next step because if if not, I think we are not going to be working together for some months, and we don't want that. Yeah, no, I think we're going to try and see what we can do long distance. I mean, I think this is a moment for everybody to step back and say like, what can I do under these conditions? You know? Yeah, and obviously. A lot of people have already thought that the internet is 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 part of the solution here. You know, people are going to do live streams or this or that. I'm not exactly sure what it'll end up being, but so we're thinking about all that stuff too. I mean, I feel like this record. I can't wait to see the next group of songs we make together, given where we've come to with this record, because I think we've touched on a lot of things on this record that we may want to delve deeper in uh, on the next. You know next tracks we make together so uh it's 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 doubly frustrating having come like this you know the other thing that was interesting is you know the record is very studio oriented and we were trying to figure out how we will go out and play these songs live and we had just after a couple sessions of raul being in new york we we did actually do a live performance the day the record was released in late february and we we've finally kind of got our heads around how we were going to do this live our plan was to go out just the two of us as a duo and keep it as experimental in a live sense as the record is experimental you know in in the recording studio sense and uh, and make the shows have kind of a theatrical dramatic feel with just the two of us and we we just were getting really excited about the idea of presenting the live show and you know all of this happens and it's all kind of crumbling to the ground and we'll have to start again on that well, I imagine, but, like a lot of people, when you two do get to reunite, anyone who's separated, uh, who has maybe a similar circumstances, I imagine the art you make together will be particularly celebratory and triumphant. You know, like <laughs> let's, let's hope so. I hope yeah. so. Maybe I'm yeah, uh, yeah. maybe I'm jumping too far ahead, but that's my hope. I hope uh, for sure that this can uh, continue. Um, Raul, beyond your work with Lee, are you going to try to make some work of your own, or what's your mood there? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, w- I was um, I was producing a record last week uh, in in Portugal, and as, as I said, I, I, we stopped the the recording, and, and I and I came here, and I don't know. It's difficult for me to think further further than this yeah. week right now. Yeah. I think the situation is going to be 
super complicated here and everywhere. I don't know how it's going to be in in America, but but here's going to be very difficult. No, it's going to be so, it's going to be complicated everywhere. I I, I just I think so too. I wondered if in isolation you might write Raul and record. I mean, lots of us, as Lee said, there's people, artists are trying to come up with things they can do in isolation. Yeah. And what might happen is in by by this time next year, I hope uh, there's a flood of uh, stuff, flood of pr- yeah. content and creativity that uh, emanates from this, this period. So I, that's all I was getting at. If you feel at the same time, this is depressing and this is anxiety inducing and I don't know. I've been watching more Netflix than I usually do because I just need to de- disconnect from the news. Yeah. And yeah. so, have you watched Contagion? No, no. I saw it was trending early. It's and trending. I know. I I've never seen it. <laughs> Me but neither. I, I definitely want to watch it. I don't know if I do. I really don't know if that's how I'm going to kick back and relax and 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 watch Contagion. <laughs> I, I hear that the first half of it is eerily yes. Uh, and you know, there's been a couple books that came out in the last year about plagues and and this very thing that have all of a sudden shot to the top of the bestseller list and surprised their authors. I, I forget. I was reading about one of them. What, um, what are you doing to me, Lee? I'm trying to I'm trying to forget about this stuff. And you're like, hey, have you checked out all I don't the think plague it's content? For any of us to forget about it. <laughs> I know, know. I, I agree. Think, I agree. I, in a way, I think we have to remember about it as much as hard as we can. I like get, I say, once the weather gets nice. People's urges are going to want to be to go out, but no, it's we fair. really do have to find ways to do whatever it is that we do from home. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that both Raul and I will not stop trying to record music or, or be thinking anyway about yeah. stuff or working on our computers at music-related things. Uh, there's no doubt. Okay, that's that's heartening to hear. Uh, yeah. Lee, is there any? Uh, you know, your some of your Sonic Youth folks there, your your friends there, have been releasing music. Have you been keeping up with what's going on there? Yeah, sure. I, I certainly have. I really loved uh, both Kim and Thurston's last records. You know, I have to say it's kind of funny that within three or four months, we each released new music that is pushing each of our uh, music making practice into new areas. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I love that aspect that, that, you know, for all of us right now, we've found a moment to, to just sort of grow beyond our boundaries and not be afraid to do that, which is you know, isn't very much in Sonic Youth spirit in a way. Yeah, I wonder what that. That's interesting. And and Kim in particular, you were talking about sort of electronic uh, impulses. Kim's record certainly went further into that realm than maybe some of us thought she might. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's certain similarities in the. I mean, not in the music particularly, but in the way that Kim and I uh, and, and Kim and Raoul and I have, have approached this new these new records because her record is definitely a lot more. A producer uh, influenced yeah. and, and you know with beats and, and things like that and so even though our we didn't turn out similar sounding products we definitely have both been had some of the same things on our minds I guess yeah no it's cool otherwise uh, band activity archive activity I assume everything's on hold uh, yeah like we're always working on archive activity it's it's a uh, June is 30 years of uh, that the record goo was released yeah and we're trying hard to do some small thing to celebrate it. I'm not sure if we're going to manufacture some new product or or what it's going to be, but we're we're hoping to to be. You know, usually those things come and go, and we miss them. But uh, you know, we know that's a big record for a lot of people. So we're always working on archival stuff, trying to make uh, live 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 tapes to put online and things like that. Okay. Well, I just thought I'd check in on that as a fan. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. We're, we're mostly so busy with with living our lives in the present yeah. that 
although we would love to put more time into that, you know, we're obviously choosing <laughs> the new instead of the old. I think that's probably for the best and, and healthy. So that's that's great yeah. to hear. Uh, Raul, if people want to learn more about you and your work, is there an online sort of uh, realm that they can visit? Where would you like them to go? I, I guess if they, they type my name in Google, they will find many things, I guess, in Spotify or, or Tidal or whatever. Like you can type my name or referee. Uh, I've, I've, I have released some records lately that they can find interesting. Uh, uh, obviously the record we've done with Lee together, it's, it's, it's one of them. Then I did a record with, uh, like a revision of Fado music with a Portuguese singer that is called Lina. It's called Lina and Raul Refri. And that's, that's one that I could recommend. The one I did with Richard Youngs with an English singer songwriter. Uh, all these records they have been released okay. lately and so I'm proud of them all and and so just to, to clarify this the pronunciation of your name is Raul Refri uh, well that's uh, I don't know I, I I guess I'm I'm used to many different pronunciations here in Spain at least they say Refri Refri I don't know I say Refri for me it's Refri but I don't know I really don't know my own name <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. I just thought it was interesting. It's similarly spelled to the word referee, and you're a producer, which is kind of like a musical referee. I just yeah, think that's, that's very true. <laughs> oh, but but well, yeah, yeah, that, that's a good approach. But it's not. Referee. It's not. It's not referee. No, no, no. It's close. It's just a little bit close. Is all. I, sorry, that was a terrible joke. People people make jokes about my name Vish all the time, and I, I thought I'd try, and it, it failed. It failed. I'm sorry. I've been in isolation. No, no, no. no it was good. It was good. I, it, it's the first time I've heard I hear this approach. So it's good. <laughs> I'm in social isolation, so all my social norms are escaping me. I, I'm sorry. I should have. I can. I, I, can <laughs> I can tell you things about it. <laughs> I imagine you can tell me worse things. Yes, I appreciate you making time uh, to speak with us too, Raul. I, I really do. And Lee, similar question. If you want to point people to your online presence, where would you send them? Well, I mean, LeeRonaldo.com is where all of my stuff is, where you can see the visual art and, and updates on my activities with Raul and things that Leah and I do or, or other things. Uh, you know, we've got between us, namesofnorthendwomen.com where there's little interview clips of us there's the the three videos we made from this record that we're really proud of and other like ephemera and 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 places to stream the music or buy it or any of that kind of stuff okay so i, w I would point to those two places you know I, I made a record last year with the director jim jarmish we, we were both playing together we made a record and we were supposed to do our debut performance at the victoriaville festival uh, up in quebec in may and oh. you know that's that's of course gone out the window with all the rest of this stuff unfortunately yeah, yeah. well okay leeronaldo.com uh, for more information about that and then and I assume uh, Lee is your site the, uh, it's on Mute Records the new album so people yep. can look it up yep. there and uh, I assume there's information on your website as well so again yeah Coach Instagram Insta Instagram for me and for Raul is always a good place to find find stuff about us maybe I'm not always the, the advertising type stuff but you know what we're doing or what we're thinking about. I'm going to follow uh, Raul right after I uh, finish this uh, chat with you. I, I like uh, I like Instagram okay. It's fine. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if we can go out on a, a single song from this new album, I'm wondering if uh, one of you two or both of you two, by consensus, can cho yeah. choose one. Raul, I'm going to throw this to you first. Uh, if you could pick a song for people to hear from this record, and we'll um. see if Lee agrees, but what would you pick? I would say words out of the haze right now. What do you okay. think, Lee? 
Okay. Yeah, I was going to go weirder, but that's that. Are I you, think that's the most accessible. If you can call a song accessible, I mean, I love that song. I'm I'm very happy to go with, with that choice. Okay. Did, Were you going to say "Light Yours Out"? No, I was going to say "New Brain Trajectory" because I know you love that one, and I thought you I were love that say one. That. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> well, if we if we are going to go with "Words Out of the Haze," um, Raul picked it. Lee, can you tell us a bit more about it? Why Why do you suppose he chose that song? What is it about? Oh, what is it about is, is a hard one to answer, Vish, I'll tell you. But um, there's a couple songs on the record that really do have kind of, if not pop choruses, at least a kind of chorus you can sing along to. And one is the title track and the other one is Words Out of the Haze. So it's, it's in a way, it's a good access to the record because it's got some spoken stuff and it's got, uh, it's got a bunch of the different... Uh, things that that we that we work on with in this record what it's about is a really hard question to answer i don't know if i can encapsulate it okay just no, a it's, minute it's, or it's two. fair it's fair i mean if, is there anything in particular about the lyrics that you'd sort of want to just one aspect of them that you could home in on about something that intrigues you or might be intriguing to the listener well it's one of the songs that jonathan collaborated on so there's his input on the lyrics as well and it's um and it's actually one of the songs that all three of us contributed to the lyrics on. There's lyrics by all three of us on this song. And um, so that, that, that was interesting. This may have been the first one that came like that, where we were all contributing lyrics uh, on it. And um, in a way, and maybe it's, it's good for our, our current moment because, you know, the first things that pop into my head are that it's a song about alienation and a kind of a dystopian mood. Okay. Well, that's, that that does seem timely, unfortunately, and I appreciate that. Raul, do you want to yeah, add? Words words <laughs> out of the haze is like uh, you're you're trying to form something and it's not coming clear. Like maybe you're talking to someone else or talking to your your society or whatever, but it's not exactly clear what's going on. But you're getting almost like uh, transmissions from the from the ether. Yeah. Okay. Very very timely. Then, uh, Raul, do you want to add anything to that? I think that was a good answer for me. <laughs> I, 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 I gather that. I, I know we're all anxious to go and watch Conta Contagion on Netflix now, so I will uh, throw to the song. This is uh, Words Out of the Haze by Lee Ronaldo and Raul Referee from the new record Names of North End Women. Uh, Lee, Raul, thank you so much for this time. Please stay safe and healthy, and I hope we talk again soon. Yep, thank you, Vish. Thank Always you for a pleasure. the interview. Yeah, Thanks. pleasure. Bye. Listening to your talk Words out of the haze Tearing me apart Ending of these days Listening to your talk Words out of the haze Tearing me apart Transformed for a minute, but that 
was just a lie, just a lie, just a lie, just a lie. Nice to go international and connect uh, Lee Ronaldo in Manhattan and Raul Refri in Barcelona, Spain on this, the 533rd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all f- platforms, everything. 
every podcast platform on iOS and Android and YouTube and Spotify and Audioboom. It's everywhere you want to be. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. Again, you can like uh, Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative or follow me directly at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. And uh, if you pledge $6 or more, you get access to exclusive content from my audio archives, not available anywhere else. So again, if you're interested in that, I just posted a 2010 interview with Caribou not too long ago, and there's been some other ones as well, old Bonnie Prince Billy interviews, uh, D.A. Pennebaker, the, the famed uh, film director, D.A. Pennebaker, uh, famous for working with Bob Dylan. Anyway, I had an interview with him a long time ago. That's all on there. Just go to patreon.com slash Control and donate $6 or more, and uh, you get uh, lots of good stuff. So thank you for doing that. Also, thanks to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support for this show. As always, thanks to my friend Jim Guthrie. He is great. He makes great music. Sometimes he lends some of it to me. You can learn more about him at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode with Lee and Raul and for checking out old episodes, uh, perhaps subscribing to the podcast, telling your friends that perhaps they might want to do the same thing as you. All of that is helpful, and I appreciate it, and I will talk to you very soon. Stay safe, stay healthy. Bye for now. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.